Welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here today. Why don't you grab your Bibles and meet me in Proverbs chapter 4. And let's take off today from verse 13. Praise the Lord. It's nice to be back home here in North Carolina. We had a wonderful time in London, wonderful time in Ireland. And it's great to be back here ministering the Word of God to you today. Now, we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. So we have Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. In the book of Proverbs, you see wisdom personified as a woman. But you also see instruction personified like a person, like a woman as well. And it says, keep her for she is your life. Instruction is very, very important. Instruction will keep you in the right way of life. It will preserve you and protect you. If you look at the Bible and read through it slowly, you'll realize that about 75% of the Bible is instruction. So there is a great emphasis in the word of God on the importance of hearing and receiving instructions. We see the same thing in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So God's Word gives us instruction in righteousness. And really, reproof and correction also, they have instruction wrapped into them as well. Reproof would be convincing evidence of God's Word, and correction, there's a right way, there's a wrong way. Those things also entail instructions. Praise the Lord. So God puts a, a great importance on staying in the path of life with hearing and receiving instruction. Now, I believe that God's Word instructs us to tithe, that God's Word instructs us to be givers and receivers. Hallelujah. But today, I would like to share that, you know, over the years as a tither, I have found that being consistent in tithing and honoring the Lord with the tithe, what it has done for me is that it has developed a giving mentality in me. Some Christians, they love to receive, and receiving is a part of God's blessing. But in the, in the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Paul quotes Jesus, and Paul says that Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why is, why is it more blessed? Because if you are a giver, that's what moves you into realms of prosperity. But if you're just a receiver, but you're not a sower, you're not a giver, all you're doing is receiving. Well, you can receive it and you can be blessed, but you cannot get harvest unless you are a person who's also giving. That's why we want to be good in our giving and also good in our receiving. But some Christians, they, they like to stay just in the receiving realm and receiving is fun. But I want to encourage you today that tithing really is the act that opens up a giving heart. It, it just lifts your faith so that, yeah, you're, you're happy when you receive, but you're actually more happy and you're more blessed when you give. Wow. Praise the Lord. We see this also 
revealed in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, where it says, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. Now, the natural mind of the unsaved man would read that and think, well, that doesn't make any sense. If you're scattering or you're giving out or if you're tithing, you're, you're actually losing. But it says there is one who scatters yet increases more. So when you're scattering or giving or when you're sowing, you're actually, you're actually stepping into the operation of biblical principles that are even spiritual laws. There is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. So greedy, stingy people who think that they're conserving and they don't give, they don't tithe. It actually says here that it leads to poverty. Okay. The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. So when you're generous, when you're a giver, when you are watering, and you're not just concerned about being watered, but when you are watering others, then God will make sure that you're always watered. This is an amazing thing. The generous soul will be made rich. The generous soul. So tithing, giving God 10% of your income, bringing that into the storehouse of God. Tithing is what opens up your heart to be a giver. And the more you give, the more you receive. But it's the giving that produces the harvest. While me and Kelly were in Ireland, we stayed uh, at a bed and breakfast. We started on the East Coast and we traveled to the West Coast of Ireland. But there in the middle area, closer to the East, uh, there was a beautiful little bed and breakfast we stayed in. And the husband and wife that owned the house, the bed and breakfast that we were renting a room from, they, they uh, were farmers and it was their harvest time and they had uh, just hills and hills and acres and acres of barley. And so the, the husband was out there with a the big combine and he was just reaping all of that beautiful barley. And she, she said this, these words, they just came out of her mouth. She told me, she said, we make our existence through seed time and harvest. And it just came out of my mouth. Yes, just like Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. And she said, yes, that's right. So she, she actually knew where that, that principle came from. It's a biblical principle. But you can't, you can't be reaping if you're not sowing. You may get a blessing. But if you really want to be reaping on a continual basis, you need to be sowing on a continual basis. Praise the Lord. That's why it's more blessed to be giving. Because... Giving blesses others, but when you're doing that giving, it also blesses your heart, and it sets you up for more harvest. Praise the Lord. So, be strong in receiving, but be stronger in giving, and that's the blessing of the tithe. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people as they're bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. I pray, Father, that, that they have that giving mentality. And they're in a perpetual flow of reaping and sowing, reaping and sowing. But they are giving-minded people. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Lord's going to bless you as you honor him with your tithe. Now, if you're bringing it in by mailing it in, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International, 
P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. If you want to bring the tithes and offerings in online, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can click on that. They'll come right into the ministry storehouse. You know, I just got back from traveling and started up all of our equipment so I could stream this message to you. And we actually had uh, a very uh, special piece of hardware that allows the internet streaming to work. Well, it completely failed. We've had it for six years and it probably streamed uh, at least 500 messages, maybe 600 or more. So it, it earned its money. Uh, the, a lot of this electronic equipment has a lifespan of about three or four years, and then it's just, it could go out at any time. Well, it went out and it's not repairable. So we want to get a new piece of hardware that's better. Um, I actually had two of these, but the one I'm, I, I grabbed just to use for today's message is old. It was like a first generation that came out. It's actually about eight years old and it, it won't stream 1080p. It's like lower definition. I think it's 720. So let's get back into the good stuff. Let's get us a new piece of equipment. If you would like to donate to that on your tithes and offerings, just make a little notation and put live stream equipment because we need to get a new piece of hardware because the old one is just completely shot. But you know, it, it worked well for the time that we had it, but it's time to replace it. Praise God. Glory to God. What a blessing to be able to give. What a blessing to be able to receive. And I just, I'm just, I'm expecting your harvest to come in. Praise the Lord. It was a lot of fun for me uh, to stand and watch that combine machine harvest all of that beautiful barley. And, you know, just uh, see the trucks come in to pick up their grain and to take it off to the market. Because those trucks are coming. They're, they're paying they're paying to buy it. Those are the uh, the trucks that are purchasing it. So this was their time of prosperity, and it was a very, very happy time. Glory to God. Plus, the wife of the house, the lady of the house was a really good cook. She made uh, the most wonderful breakfast for me and uh, Kelly. We had a, a wonderful time there. Praise the Lord. It's good to be a giver. Praise God. Okay, thank you for your giving and honoring the Lord with your tithes and offerings. Let's jump into the message that the Lord would have me share with you today. I want to talk about conceiving the impossible. There are some things that God can bring into your life that would be beyond your natural ability. Perhaps it would be beyond your, your pay, your paycheck. You just think, in other words, you think I, I don't have enough money naturally to fund this project or whatever it might be. Uh, it could be on your strength. It could be something that's beyond your talent, but, and some of these things also can be like spiritual. So you're like, well, Lord, you know, this is something that you have to do, but the Lord's able to do it. He wants to conceive it and bring it forth through you. And as we talk about this today, I want you to understand, we're going to be in Luke chapter one. I want you to understand that I believe that baked into God's plan for your life, there are some surprises and he doesn't tell you everything. He allows you to live your life and enjoy your life. And you can be going along thinking, hey, this is great. And you're, you're loving your career field. And maybe you went to college and you, you thought, this is what I'm going to do. And 
You got a degree, maybe you continued and got a master's, maybe you even went on and got a PhD, and you're thinking, I'm in my flow, I'm in my stream, and you're having a good time, and you don't realize God's sitting up there in heaven, and He's looking at you, and He's smiling, and He's He's going to conceive something through you that perhaps formerly you have never even thought about it. And this is something special about the Lord. When the Lord decides to do this, He's already planned it, and when He decides to bring this into your life as a surprise, He doesn't need our permission. He just does it, and He sends the angel, or He releases the blessing, and the next thing you know, you're standing in something wonderful. You're standing in a new dimension of living in Christ. You're standing in a new, a new level of anointing. Praise God. So I want to talk about that today. I believe that this is a prophetic message and that the Lord wants you to get ready for something special, something new, something broader and even bigger that he wants to do in your life. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that we can take them as spiritual food, consume them and eat them and conceive the the plan, the blessing, the things that you have intended for us to do, that we can bring it forth by your grace and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drop down today to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Well, this is, this is interesting because you have this very high-ranking angel going to, in many ways, what at that time was a very insignificant town. Uh, this is not like Jerusalem, you know, modern and bustling and a lot of people. And this is certainly nothing like the modern-day city of Tel Aviv with skyscrapers and all of the high-tech stuff. This was little bitty Nazareth, just a little bitty town, not, not a city by any means, just a little bitty town, but it's out of this little town that the Lord Jesus is going to grow up and develop into manhood. So this is where the angel is sent to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. At this time, Mary would have been most likely in the age category somewhere between the age of 18 and 24 years of age. Verse 28, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, the favor of God is something to receive. The favor of God is something that I, I want you to expect it to be on your life. I, I know that many Christians have a grasp that God loves them, and, that, and, and He does. That's true. But I think that some Christians, they, they're not really sure if God actually likes them, likes them as a person. But I, I'm here today to tell you that God likes you more than you even know. He likes what you like, and He likes it when you like what He likes, and He wants to be, yes, He, he wants to be your God, He wants to be your Savior, but He wants to be your friend, 
And I, I just think that the Lord is the best friend, and you can have the most wonderful time with Him. So, God wants His favor to be resting on you because it makes Him happy when His favor is on you. He wants to do special things for you. And, and don't say, I'm not worthy, or, or things like that. Just by the grace of God, just receive it, because we know it is by the grace of God, but at the same time, let the favor of God come all over your life. You have something special to do, and God's favor will be there to see that the right doors open for you at the right time. Verse 29, But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. This is a young lady that is, she's not famous, she doesn't have notoriety. It's not like anybody outside of the city really knows her, outside of the village knows her. And not only that, but she's from this little bitty town called Nazareth, a very insignificant town. But verse 30, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And I believe that the favor of God is coming on you in a new way, that it's in front of you, and it's going to come over you like a blanket, like a garment resting upon you, and people are going to like you, and it might not even be something that's explainable of why they do, but they just like you, and they're going to do things that would be necessary to be done in order for you to get and to do what you need to do and get to where you need to go, people are just going to like you. And you have to understand it's the Lord. It is the favor of the Lord, and He has put His favor upon your life. Now say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Verse 31, And behold, you will conceive, us, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. Now, I believe that God has a great plan for your life, and this thing of conception that God wants to do, that He wants to bring forth through you, excuse me, <clears throat> I believe it's a great thing. I believe that it is a great thing that God wants to do. So get ready for it. Get ready for it. It will bring glory to God. He will, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Now, that is a honest expression. I think today that a lot of God's people also kind of make the same expression. In other words, they say, uh, you know, they, they, they get a, a glimpse of the great thing that God wants to do, and they say, but Lord, I don't know a man. In other words, I don't know uh, somebody with the right connections. I don't know somebody that's got a lot of money. Uh, Lord, I don't know people in high political positions. Lord, I, I, I don't know kings and queens and presidents. I don't know people like that. And you need to understand that, you, that God is the one that's going to do this. Hallelujah. While God works through people, and He's going to work through people, you need to know that it's God that's doing it. So keep your eyes on the Lord, because just you and God are the right team to get it done. 
Hallelujah. Uh, the people alone couldn't do it, but you and God can do it. And keep your eyes on the Lord, because some of these things are beyond people. And it's going to be the Lord who's going to receive all of the glory. Praise God. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who was to be born will be called the Son of God. So it's really by the Holy Spirit. I sense in the American church an underlying current that's building stronger and stronger. Maybe it's less of a current and more of like a volcano, like a seismic movement, and this thing is building and building. Uh, what it is, is it's a dissatisfaction with the current uh, lack of the moving of the Spirit in our services, where in the American church we see excellence in audio, excellence in music, excellence in lighting, excellence in videography, and all of that's great. I, I, I like that, and I think that we should do things with an excellent spirit. But something has happened where there is a missing of the moving of the Holy Spirit. And so ministers give good messages, they, they give good sermons, and that's it. You know, you have some nice praise and worship, a good message, and that's it. And so this has been going on now for like some, some decades where in even spirit-filled churches or Pentecostal-type churches, there is very, very little moving of the Holy Spirit. So God's people have noticed this, and there is a building in the spirit realm of people praying, God, bring the glory back. Lord, bring the glory back. Bring back the miracles. Lord, we thank you for nice chairs and nice seats and a nice meeting place. But Lord, there's got to be more. And of course, we all know there is more. I just want to encourage you, and I want you to know that it, the glory is coming back. I'm, I'm, not saying it's, I'm not saying it's coming back everywhere, but for those pastors and those ministers who are hungry, those ministries that want to host the glory, I tell you what, it's going to come. And it's going to come quickly, and the signs, the wonders, the miracles will be there. So in the interim, don't be discouraged. Just continue to pray, continue to worship, continue to press in to the Lord. And, and perhaps you can be marked as, a, as one who will be a carrier of the glory of God. That's a very sacred assignment. But I believe the Lord is speaking to many people. There are many people that they just know we don't have the glory. We must have the glory. It's going to come. But just really draw near to the Lord. Draw near to the Lord so that He can prepare you to be a carrier of the glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. So these things take place by the Holy Spirit. Verse 36. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived the son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren, who was called barren. Well, she's not called that anymore. My friends, don't look back. You, uh, there is the perspective of, yes, we thank God for all of the good things He's done, 
But also, when you look back, you see a lot of mistakes. You see failures. You see things that could have been done better. Uh, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Or in other words, if you look back, you can see now clearly uh, how things could have been done better. But don't look back. Why? Because when you look back, you'll see barrenness. And that's not your destiny. That's not even your identity. Okay? Your identity is fruitfulness. So don't look back. Why? Because many times when you look back, uh, it'll just discourage you. And a lot of the things, if you look back, a lot of the things were messy. They were they were ugly. They were they were not the way God they were not the way God wanted them to be. But you know what? You came through it. You stayed faithful. You kept walking with the Lord, and now you're in a place where things are working right. Okay, so don't look back. Thank God for all that He's done. But look forward. Your days of barrenness. I just speak over your life, they're over with, and your best days are now and moving forward into the great plan that God has for your life. Okay, so she was called barren, but not anymore. My friends, this also is very, very important. When you hear the word of the Lord, whether it's an angelic visit, such as what happened with Mary, or maybe God speaks something to you, a scripture is made alive to you, and you, you want to share it. It's good to have somebody that you can go to, because what happens with Mary is she gets up, and she goes to see Elizabeth. You want to have somebody that you can talk with, identify with, share spiritual things with, and in, in some cases, when a spouse maybe is married to an unbeliever or maybe married to somebody who's just not into the things of God. Maybe you don't have that blessing. Maybe you don't have that. You, you have a good marriage, but you don't have that ability to share something spiritual. You need to have somebody that you can talk to because Mary had this dramatic encounter. Well, she wants to now go talk to Elizabeth because the angel also mentioned Elizabeth. My friends, you need to have somebody that you can hang out with. Praise God. Prophets like to talk with prophets. Those that are prophetic like to share experiences. The apostolic, the same way. You need to have those in your life that you can talk with about these spiritual, wonderful things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 39. Now Mary rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. Okay, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now she's going to go and prophesy and declare the word of the Lord. My friends, you need to have those that you get around. And when you get around them, faith is activated and kicks just like the baby did in the womb. Hallelujah. There's, there's a kick. Hallelujah. Something that kickstarts your faith. You need to get around people like that. And, that. and you get around things like that. And then the verse 37 doesn't seem, it doesn't seem strange or out of place. Verse 37 says, for with God, nothing will be impossible impossible. So you take the I am off. Now you're, it's now, it's now possible with you and God working together, unveiling the plan of God. 
And he's got surprises for you, some things that are going to surprise you. My friends, God can do it. There's nothing impossible with God. You need to have good relationships, good friendships with people. Praise God. Spiritual connections. You know, my, my wife and I were in a, a meeting in the pastor's office. The pastor had a big office. Uh, this was recently just in London. And uh, the, the conference was over. So uh, the host the host pastor, he wanted to get all the prophets together in one room. Now that's, that's righteously dangerous. When you get like 30 prophets, pack them into an office, everybody's elbow to elbow. And let's just see what happens. Praise the Lord. Well, he also wanted them to minister to me and Kelly, but I tell you what, you get a, you get a real strong prophetic anointing like that. And the Lord will speak. He will speak. And there was one prophet, he began to prophesy, and uh, he didn't know anything about me, uh, wasn't aware of my ministry. He had, he had only come to that, that one last meeting that I had just preached, and then, you know, brought back into this prophetic roundtable. But um, there was, by the way, there was no roundtable. There was, wasn't room for a table. We're just all jammed into this, uh, into the pastor's office. But he didn't know anything about me. But under the prophetic anointing, he calls out the name of my spiritual father under the, under the prophetic anointing calls out the name of one of my closest spiritual friends and even tells where he's from and just begins to give some of the most amazing revelations. My friends, you need to have people in your life that when you get around them, they're strong in faith. And uh, it's just like it says in scriptures as Iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And I know in many ways, that's why many of you are here. You want to hear a message that will not dull your blade, that will actually sharpen your blade, that will put wind in your sail, that will build faith in your spirit. Praise the Lord. And that's what I'm endeavoring to do by sharing these things with you. So I'm here to motivate you with the Word of God, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to expect the great things that God has planned for your life to be accomplished and fulfilled. And you can be moving throughout your life, having, see, your life has different chapters, just like a book does. And you could wake up one morning, and it's a morning where you've come into a new chapter, and a, a new phase of your life begins to unfold. And you can have an angel come and visit you, and you can have something supernatural take place in your life. And the next thing you know, you are walking in the new dimension of the grace of God. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Get ready for an invasion of the Holy Spirit. Get ready for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to just pour through you like the water coming over Niagara Falls. Hallelujah. That's a lot of water coming over. But there is going to be such a moving of the Spirit that the Spirit's going to pour through the body of Christ, and He's going to pour through individuals. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I believe we'll have those moments, just like in the camp with, with Moses. Uh, everybody, it just seemed like everybody was prophesying, and Joshua said, Moses, tell them to stop. <laughs> And uh, Moses said, oh, would that they all would just prophesy. Praise the Lord. That, that, because if there's prophetic word, prophetic unction coming forth, it's going to build up the people of God.
Hallelujah. We need that. We need that. Praise the Lord. I, I prophesy that the topography of the Western church, the landscape of it, the spiritual landscape is going to change a lot over the next three to five years where the, the move of the spirit is going to start to get more traction. It's it, the Holy Spirit's already moving in certain areas, but I'm talking about the power coming back. The manifested glory coming back is just going to get stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. And you really need to get ready for these, these moments like Mary had, like Elizabeth had, where barrenness is wiped away. Now you're in the fruitfulness where mocking and making fun of is wiped away. Now you're in authority and empowerment from the Lord where debt and financial lack are destroyed, just boom, washed out of your life, and you'll never know the taste of debt again because of the prosperity of God and firm financial choices and resolutions that you make. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, you're coming into a new season. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Where sickness and disease are taken out of you. Praise God. Where that healing power, the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus just surges into your body and you get up and every, everything has left that was wrong. Every symptom, foot problems, neck problems, back problems. And you look and there's nothing wrong with yourself anywhere. Praise God. Now the, the Holy Spirit is doing these things. Not so we can have some type of a freedom to now just live our life. No, so that we can have freedom and empowerment to see that the great commission is fulfilled, that the preaching of the gospel is taken into all of the world. Doesn't necessarily mean that God's going to make a preacher out of you, but at the same time, watch what the anointing will do because the Holy Spirit came upon Saul and he began to prophesy and all the locals who knew him were like, no, no, hold on a minute. That's Saul prophesying with the prophets. We know him. What has happened to him? How, how is he doing that? Praise the Lord. New dimension, new expansion of the anointing. Get ready for it. Many changes coming to the body of Christ, and it's all, it's all good. Praise God. Lord, we give you praise. Verse 41 again, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Praise God. We're talking today about conceiving the impossible, conceiving the impossible. You may be in a place right now where you feel like you're in Nazareth an insignificant place. Maybe you feel like Mary before the visitation, just kind of like, Hey Lord, uh, not much, not much happening. Lord, I love you. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm aware of my Davidic lineage, just like, uh, Joseph was also aware of his descendancy from the throne of David. But despite those wonderful revelations, maybe it seems like not a lot is going on. My friends, the Lord is moving behind the scenes. I've had, I've had glimpses behind the scenes of what God is doing, of what he is preparing. And I would, I would greatly encourage you to 
spend a lot of time in the secret place and get ready. You know something that's going to happen, and uh, I know it's going to happen. Uh, I think I think it's exciting, but at the same time, it's just you know uh, the, the spiritual things are the greater glory. But there is going to be a work of the Spirit where wealth is going to flow into the body of Christ in a way that the church has never seen before. It's going to be unprecedented, and it's going to be flowing in into your hands, and you're going to be in that giving mode. You're going to have plenty to get out of debt and plenty to be blessed, but you're going to be able to give to the ministry. You're going to be able to write those extra zeros. This is already a pre-planned move of the Holy Spirit. It's something that's already on the calendar of God, and nothing can stop it. It's already been prophesied. It's already in the Scriptures. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, and there's going to come that release, and it is for the glory of the Lord. It's to be used for the, the purpose of evangelism, of preaching the gospel, getting the gospel on every available uh, format, it, it is really going to be something special. Praise the Lord. And of course, it will bring freedom into your life to be more involved in the things of the kingdom. All of these things are wonderful. But the main thing is the glory. Now, the finances are an aspect of the glory. But the glory of God with the miracles, with, with the, uh, not, not just healings, but also the gift of working of miracles, all of these things coming forth in great manifestations of power. I think we need to have Positions like Mary and Elizabeth of humility, where we, we receive the word of the Lord, and we just step into it by faith, and we just, we fly, we fly high because of the grace of the Lord, but we fly low with humility. We stay humble, praise God. I think that's what many people loved about Billy Graham, the world's greatest evangelist. He was a very, very humble man, praise God. And I think that needs to be one of our attributes. You know, one of my dear friends, Dr. Wade Taylor, he's now in heaven. He had a wonderful ministry, and his ministry touched the lives of many, many people. But he was a very quiet man. He was a very humble man. Now, yes, he was a very good teacher, but he knew a lot. And he knew a lot about, I, I, don't, I shouldn't even say he knew a lot about God. He, he actually knew God. And so people would ask him questions about the Lord and he could he could answer many of their questions because he knew God very, very well. But he was very humble about that knowledge, very humble about the walk that he had. So there was a reputation that he was a very humble man. And that, that's okay because even Moses, it says that he was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And Moses wrote that uh, there in the book of Numbers. I believe right off the top of my head, that's Numbers chapter 13. So Moses knew that he was a humble man. So Wade was a very humble man. And I, I was hanging out with him one day, and I said, Wade, I said, people, people say, I've heard people say, many ministers, many people say that you're a very humble man. He said, yes. He said, I'm very proud about that. <laughs> that was just him being funny, being silly. But it was also him Again, deflecting. He just didn't want to really talk about that. He would just deflect it because he didn't like attention. So God can lift you up, and he's going to do that. But in your heart, you must stay humble. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. That brings a great safety into that work that God's doing in your life. 
Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that as they're getting closer to conceiving the impossible, it's going to be the impossible made possible. Father, we just thank you that there's preparation mode, but the release is getting very, very close. We thank you, Father God. Let the anointing to continue to rise in your people. Father, I just release over your people the activation of the gifts of the Spirit. Let new gifts begin to activate in the lives of your people, and the gifts that are already flowing, let them come into a richer and deeper anointing. Thank you, Father God. We just give you praise. Father, I thank you for heavenly encounters, divine experiences, the quickening power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, for the empowerment of your Spirit to help your people with favor and with grace, and when, when need be, with miracles, that they may do all that you have called them to do. Father, we thank you for Mary. It was to bring forth the Christ. For Elizabeth, it was to bring forth the forerunner of the Messiah, John the Baptist. So there's something very special that you have, Father, planned for that person who's watching who's listening right now. Father, I speak over their life. I speak over your life. You will conceive the impossible, and it will be done. Because with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. And He is with you. His favor is on you right now. Receive it. Oh, you can feel it. Hallelujah. Like a garment. It's all over you. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Say, Jesus, I take it. By grace, I take it. Amen and wear it, and walk in it. Praise the Lord. You're going to find people like you. Wherever you go, people like you. That's the favor of God. So, Father, bless your people in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, let's take Holy Communion today. Glory to the Lord. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. There's an anointing right now for travel. So, if, if you like to travel, or maybe you haven't traveled, but you, it's just something God's put in you, a desire, just lift your hands. Heavenly Father, having just returned from uh, various nations, and having been to many different nations, Father, I just released a travel anointing upon your people, that they would be empowered to go, that they would have favor to go, and that the right doors and the right prices would present themselves, and that they could go in your grace and satisfy that divine desire, and even that divine commission to travel. We thank you, Father God, that because you're in it, you're going to bless it. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This next big thing that God's going to do in your life, it's a big thing, but remember, it's a God thing. It's a godly thing. God's in it. He's in it. Hallelujah. That's what we're living for. We're living for the Lord. It's going to bring Him glory. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the unleavened bread and the grape juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. This is now holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank You so much for Jesus, the King of glory, the King of kings. And Father, we receive His body now with thanksgiving knowing there's a great element of mystery about this, because while we, while we receive His flesh and His body in a very mysterious way, we are the body of Christ, and He is the head. So, Father, we just thank You. We thank You for the Lord Jesus. We receive His body now. Amen. Let's partake together.
Glory to the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the communion. We thank you, Father, that we celebrate and proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. That, Father, you have unveiled the key to living, which is that to find our lives, we must lose them. Woo, hallelujah. And that when we lose our lives, then we find them because we find your life and your plan. Oh, God, we give you praise. Father, let there be an unveiling. If there are those today that would be on the wrong path, show that to them, Lord, because they're on their own stubborn path. Lord, show that to them that that's not your path, that they've gotten off track. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let them get on the right track. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus today. Show them and help them. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's somebody you're watching. You've gotten, you've gotten on, the wrong on the wrong path. You love the Lord. You're married. You're a man. But you, you don't even really love your wife. And it's because you've drifted. You've just drifted and you've got caught up in your own interest and your own things. Now your marriage has gone cold. You're thinking about divorce. And it's not God's will for you to get a divorce. It's God's will for you to get your heart back close to God and to rekindle that love with your wife. And you do that, it'll all come back alive because that's God's plan. That's the life that God has for you. So come running back to the Lord today. Father, we give you praise. We receive now the blood of Jesus. In his great name, amen. Let's partake together. Lord, we give you praise. Hallelujah. If you're watching this program today and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to receive him now. And by receiving him, you will, you will receive eternal life and forgiveness of sins. So please pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I come before you now, and I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, wash my sins away. I believe that you were crucified, and that you died, and that you were buried in a tomb, and that you were raised three days later. Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Save me now. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. I am now your child. Hallelujah. My friends, God bless you if you've prayed that for the first time. Welcome to the family of God, and we love you, and I speak blessing over your life. Hallelujah. Okay, my friends, thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back again next time. Till then, you be richly blessed. Bye-bye.